I want people to be in love with like the secret work, the everyday work, like the showing up and like, I am my best when I am writing a book. I am the best person that I can be because I'm so in love with the process. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I talk with author, TED speaker, fellow writing coach, and my friend, Hannah Brencher. We'll talk on the episode today about her books, If You Find This Letter and Come Matter Here, as well as the book she has coming out in January of 2020. But rather than reading her bio, I want to read you what Hannah says on her website about why she writes. I think it's going to tell you much more about her than a bio ever could. She says, I've been stocking up this space with words for the ones who are brokenhearted the ones who are in the midst of a transition or dealing with a mental illness, the ones who are looking for God or craving people to surround them, and the ones who are crazy big dreamers. The millions of words exist here as a reminder for you. You're not alone, and it matters that you are here. Today, Hannah and I talk about both the art of writing professionally and the practice of writing for personal growth, and she draws what I think is a really important distinction between the two. I think this is so key, and I'm excited for you to hear her share about the different disciplines and why it's important that we don't confuse one for the other. For those of you hopeful authors out there, you'll also be excited to hear Hannah talk about her process for getting published, including an important lesson she learned while shopping for her first agent. I also really love Hannah's thoughts on platform growth, since this is something that I hear from new authors all the time that they get tripped up in this process. If you have ever felt discouraged at the thought of growing your platform, specifically growing your Instagram following, Hannah talks about why, quote unquote, platform growth matters. And she also gives you a helpful reframe for how to think about it so that you can stay motivated in that process. Finally, another favorite part of the conversation for me is when Hannah talks about the dangers of sharing your writing too soon and how you know what to share and what to keep to yourself. So, so excited for you to hear this conversation with Hannah. Without any further ado, let's jump right in. Hi, Hannah. Hey, thank you for having me on today. So good to be here with you today. I have a thousand questions I want to ask you, <laughs> but I want to start in the same place we always start. I always ask every listener this question at the beginning, which is, what does it mean to you to find your voice? Oh, such a good question. I mean, we're not in the shallow end of the pool. You're just like going right for it. Jump right in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that like I so closely tie finding your voice with the writing process because I think that like what's so unique about writing is that like you you're sitting down in order to kind of to really figure out what you have to say. And in a lot of spaces, you don't get the chance to do that. And so for me, finding your voice, I, I feel like that is a, it's a sense of 
freedom to figure out what it is that you have to say and what it is that you have to give this world. So I would think that that, I would definitely say freedom. I love that. I agree so much. So writing has been, tell me how long writing has been a part of your life. When did you know that you were a writer? When did you start writing? I started writing since like before I could actually even like write. (laughs) I would just fill notebooks with scribbles. And I remember like my grandmother told me when I was six years old that I was going to be a writer and that I was going to write books. And I still don't know like what it is that sparked her to say that to me, but it's like one of those things where somebody that you love so much, like when they believe in you, you'll do anything in the world to like prove them right. And so for me, that was always kind of planted deep in me was that I was going to be a writer and that I was going to write books. And I just never let go of that, that hope in that dream. And I just started writing from a really young age. And I think back then it was more so like, you know, short stories. And I I wrote my first like, quote unquote, novel when I was nine years old. And what I would do is every single year, I would write these novels for my family members, I'd spend the whole year writing it. And then my mom would take me to get them printed and bound and I would give them to my family members as Christmas gifts. (laughs) I was like a big true crime junkie, like way back in the day before like a crime junkie was even a thing. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like nine years old writing these really cryptic, weird murder abduction stories. And I don't, I don't know who allowed me to do that. I'm thankful they did. They just like, let me be myself. But it was always like this really like dark writing that I was like giving to my family members every year at Christmas. So so yeah, that's where it really started for me and became like a huge passion of mine. I love that story about your grandmother, because one of the things that I talk about when I teach writing workshops is how our early early experiences with writing and the way people talk to us about writing does such a good job at shaping how we see ourselves as writers or whether we give ourselves permission to write. Because mm. I find people tend to put themselves into two categories. It's either I'm a writer or I'm not, I'm not really a writer, but I really love to write. Yeah. And a lot of that I think has to do with those early experiences we have with writing and how people respond to us writing. So whether it's a teacher who tells you, you know, you're not a good writer or gives you a bad grade on a, on something that you've written, or in your case, somebody in your life who you really trust and love, who's telling you you're going to write books someday. I just wonder, you know, there's no way to know this, but I wonder what would have happened if you hadn't had that voice in your life. Do you think you still would have found writing or would it have felt harder to you to... (sighs) trust yourself as a writer? Honestly, I probably wouldn't have. Like, I just don't know that it would have ever even been instilled in me because it was, it started with my grandmother. And then I think my mom saw the passion that was in me and she has continued it throughout the years. And I think, yeah, I really think that when somebody like actually believes in you and tells you that you're capable, like it becomes like an inner motor. And so to Mm -hmm. me, it was like never an option that I wouldn't be a writer. But with like talking with a lot of my writing students, like they struggle to call themselves a writer or they, you know, people have told them at different junctures in life that you, sure, you could be a writer, but you can't be a full-time writer. You can't pay the bills. You'll always be a starving artist. Like all of these stereotypes that we put on people that – 
genuinely just want to write. And I've had to like debunk those over the years. But yeah, yeah, I think definitely, I don't, yeah, I don't think that I would be in the space that I'm in if people hadn't come in and believed in me that like, by the time that I was starting to write full time, I I think that like, I never knew there wasn't an option. You yeah. know, I didn't believe that I couldn't just like, go out there and make this dream come true. I'm glad that I started so young because I could imagine that as I got older, I would have become more jaded or like cynical about sure. that path. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I want to talk about you as a professional full-time writer. Um, yeah. Okay. So I first met you right around the time that if you find this letter came out, I, I can't remember if it was just before or just after. It was. Yep. I was in Nashville visiting my publisher and got to stop and see you. Yes. Okay. So I want to know what inspired that book. What, how, like, where did that idea come from? And then, I mean, I, I know, but I want you to tell our listeners. <laughs> yeah. So the story really is that I graduated from college. I moved to New York City to pursue, of all things, like writing. <laughs> and I don't know what I thought, like that I was just going to be able to show up in New York and write. <laughs> I was so like, at that time in my life, I was very passionate about human rights. And so I was working at the United Nations. And I thought that like, I would be writing specifically doing more PR things like I remember having a an editor for a newspaper that I interned at that she said you know there are two sides of the fence there is the the journalism side of the fence and then there's the PR side of the fence so you Mm -hmm. have to pick which one you're going to be on and I thought that it was going to be PR and so that's what I was doing in New York City and found myself struggling with a lot of loneliness and depression that ended up just morphing into something so much bigger that I couldn't have imagined. And so as a way of like coping, I started to leave letters around New York City, which is pretty unconventional, but my mom has been a letter writer and has written me letters for years. And so it's a way that I know how to communicate with people. And Never in a million years did I think that like this simple act of leaving letters was going to turn into what it is today. But the second that I blogged about these letters and the fact that I was leaving them around New York City, that post went viral. And I spent the next nine months writing about 400 letters to strangers on the internet, all handwritten letters. And that laid the foundation for the organization that I run called More Love Letters. And so that first book, it really was a lot of publishers and literary agents approaching me, wanting me to write that story. And for me, I looked at it being like, okay, like, I do want to write this story. I do think this story is worth being told. But I really want to set this up so that it's not just one book that I write, but I want to write books for for the future, you know, like, I just want to keep writing books. And so I tried to be really strategic in that process of who I went with as a literary agent, and how we went from taking that story and putting it into book form. Okay, so I know we have a we have a, a healthy handful of listeners who tune in for this who are hopeful authors, they're in, not everybody wants to publish a book someday, but a lot of our listeners are in your shoes, you know, back Mm -hmm. then where they're thinking, I'd love to create a career for myself out of writing. So can you talk a little bit about how you made some of those decisions? Because I this part is really important, I think. And it's like such a mystery to people who don't understand the publishing world. Do I need an agent? When do I find an agent? How do I? Yes. How do I know who's right for me? All that kind of stuff. 
I mean, I, I didn't have a clue about any of this before it <laughs> happened. I always knew that you were supposed to have a literary agent, but I would go and sit in Barnes and Noble for hours just looking at like, they used to have those big books in Barnes and Noble with all the literary agents like inside of them. And now you can use the internet. <laughs> so it's a million times easier. So much easier. But yeah, I mean, like first things first that I always tell people is that it's like, really so much of this. And I think like the premise for the book and how we actually got that publishing deal, I think a lot of that was based on the blog that I had and the blog that I still have. So I'm I'm 10 years into blogging now. And I always tell people like, if you want to grow your voice, if you want to know what you have to say, start with that avenue and build out that platform, mm, yeah. especially because I think, you know, like, publishers do care about platform. They don't need you to have the biggest platform in the world, but they need to know that you're willing to work and market yourself. And so like, for me, that was a big thing was having that blog and still having that blog as like a means for practicing writing, but also proving that I could commit to something and like stick to it. For one second, because I feel like that's such a good point, especially when I have this conversation with new writers all the time who are frustrated that their platform isn't big enough to get them mm. a publishing contract. And I think that frame that you just gave for that, Hannah, is so helpful and important. And I haven't heard it said that way before. It's it's really not about running out and getting a bunch of Instagram followers. It's yeah. And I love the way you run your Instagram, but it's it's about exactly what you just said. It's about proving that you can commit to something proving to yourself that you have a message that's important enough to share that you're willing to kind of put yourself out there in order to share the message and, and practicing connecting with your reader. So I I pause there. And I wanted people who are listening to really hear that because I think it's a very helpful way to think about the platform growth part of the process without getting too discouraged. Well, and I think too, that like, I always have to ask myself because I think it was last year, two years ago, like all of a sudden there was a surge of the thing that everybody was going to do was create a podcast, right? Like it was like podcast came and everybody wanted to be a podcast host. And I had to have a moment with like people reaching out to me being like, hey, like do a podcast, do a podcast. And I thought I could do a podcast, but like what I really for me wanted to keep practicing doing was writing. That's all that I cared about. And so in a, in a world where people want to say that blogging is dead, I'm like, blogging is not yeah. dead. It is the furthest thing from dead. I can show you numbers if you want to, you know, go head to head with me. But yeah, it is a matter of showing up every day and growing that space. And I would tell any writer that wants to A, figure out what they have to say, or B, have a space on the internet that is completely theirs to mm. have a blog. Because Instagram isn't yours. Twitter isn't yours. Like they can change the algorithm any day and they can wipe out whatever platform you've built. And like my blog is like my home on the internet where all of my writing sits. And like, I love that. I find so much comfort in that every single day of like anything that people would need to read is right here. And I'm just going to continue to build and cultivate this space because Mm. 
How cool is it that at any point, 2 a.m. tonight or this morning, somebody could find my blog on the internet through Google and they could get lost in a rabbit hole of reading? I just think it's so important because I think writers a lot of times, like I know you, like you're so true to the practice of writing and the craft of writing, but like there are so many people that just want to write a book, but they don't sit down in everyday life and ever write a single sentence. And this is the only, it feels like the only field where people could do that or say that. Like if I want to be a swimmer, I need to get in the pool every single day and I have to practice. Like Michael Phelps is in the pool every single day. So why would I not be in my writing chair every single day working on my craft? Amen. 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 (laughs) Sing it from very passionate about it. So good. I love it. Okay. So finding an agent let's sorry I derailed you there talk more about uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry no I went on a rabbit hole too I went I yeah so finding an agent it was a mix for me so it was a mix of people reaching out to me but as people were reaching out to me I thought okay I should probably reach out to like some agents that I've found over the years that I admire and so like I would tell any aspiring writer that wants to write books, look at the books that you love, the books that inspire you, the covers that you love, the style of writing, because like every single writer is going to thank their agent in their acknowledgements. And it's like worth it to go and look that person up online and see what kind of books and projects they're taking on mm-hmm. instead of just like kind of cold call, cold calling agents that you like don't know anything about. But I did, I learned a really valuable lesson in gearing up to sell if you find this letter because there was one specific agent that I loved that I wanted to work with and I reached out to her when other agents started reaching out to me I told her I had a proposal ready like I wanted to submit it she got back to me like in I think like less than 24 hours and was like send over the proposal so I sent over the proposal to her and she came back to me a few days later and she said you know like I love your story I love everything that you're about it's just the writing style for me. Like the writing style is just not a fit for me. And if you're ever willing to change your style, then definitely come back to me and let's talk. And because I so badly wanted to work with this woman, I immediately like abandoned my writing style, rewrote all of my sample material in a completely different style that was not me and then resent it to her. And I, I look back and I'm like, don't ever do that. Just don't ever do it. Um, What it reminds me of is like when you're dating someone who you really like, but they they (laughs) be a certain way and you're like, I can do that. (laughs) I can change. I can change. If if you love me then, then I will change. And that's, (laughs) exactly what I did. And she came back to me and she just said, this is still not it for me. And she was like, and she was like, I also like, I don't want you to like, she kind of, I think through that was teaching me a lesson of like, don't change your writing style if your writing style is working for you and it's clearly working for you. She said, I want you to go and find a literary agent that can champion you and I'm going to be like cheering for you when that first book comes out. And that was like a really valuable lesson for me to learn of like staying true to who you are and staying true to your style because anyone that gets into the traditional world of publishing you will learn that you really have to fight for that book to come out looking how you want that book to come out. And so 
if you are so quick to bend at the very beginning, then you know, I'm afraid for how that book would have turned out if she had taken a chance on me, if I would have abandoned the voice that I had spent years building up until that point. Yeah, yeah. That's such an important lesson. And I'm glad that you're sharing that here. I think finding people in the publishing process who can partner with you on what you're trying to create Yep. Not that you don't ever receive constructive feedback from people or or make edits or alterations, but that it really is about you discovering the message that you have to share with the world that nobody else has to share. And if you, I think the dating analogy is a good one. It's like, if you're so quick to abandon that, then, you know, it might work for you for a period of time. But when you get a year or three years or 10 years down the road, you're going to feel like this isn't, this just isn't me and it's going to feel like more work than it needs to be. So totally. And that's where it's like when you asked me about like finding your voice at the very beginning, I'm like, that's where you sit down and you practice and you learn over time through experience, through life and through writing, like what your voice is and like mm-hmm. what your style is. And I would say like, you have to be true to that and authentic to that. And you have to find a literary agent that like wants to work with that as opposed to like, just change this about yourself. And then we can work together because the compromise is not going to be worth it in the end. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so you're, you're working on the book, if you find this letter, and I, I know from knowing you, and I know you've talked about this openly online. So feel free to share whatever feels comfortable for you. But I know that you were also going through your own process of finding stability in your mental health. And Mm. I'm curious, the connection between the writing process and your own mental, emotional, physical health. (laughs) My gosh, especially with if you find this letter, it was a train wreck. (laughs) I came out of that. So after I finished writing, if you find this letter and leading up to the actual publication of it, I basically had a mental breakdown. And Mm. I realized what I had done is I had put my whole entire self into this book. And then when it was time to turn this book in, I had nothing left. I had given Mm. everything to this book. And I think that that's amazing. Sure. Like that's a true artist. Yes. But I didn't have a good sense of balance. And I think that that's what caused me to crash. And so I look back on that period and think like, okay, like lesson learned, but I will never lose myself to the creation of something ever again, because it just, for a creative like me who already lives in her head a lot of the time, like it just took me down. And I, I was writing 10, 11 hours a day. I was like, not seeing friends and family. I just was in the trenches creating this thing. And honestly, like I have a hard time still looking at the book, knowing like the Uh emotional like turmoil that it caused me. And every book that I've written since then has been a much healthier experience and a much more balanced experience. Wow. Okay. So I want to linger on this for a second because I I always talk about writing as a process that is so valuable for shoring up our mental and emotional health and for processing our lives. But I think what you're talking about makes me think that we need to make a distinction between what you're writing professionally versus what the writing that you do 
Mm. process your life. That's like, you know, more journaling or responding to prompts or whatever that looks like morning pages. Yeah. So maybe talk about that for a second. Like, do you, how do you see the, the divide between those two things? And then how do you balance the writing that you do for your work life? And then the writing that you do for yourself? Well, so now, because I have a much healthier way of doing things that I had to train through discipline over time, like I I see a very clear separation, you know, between the way that I journal and process things and live my daily life. And then the things that I write that either become published on my blog, or they become books. So I think back when I wrote, if you find this letter, I thought the entire world was content, you know, like I thought Mm -hmm. anything that I'm going through, that's content. And that was not a healthy place to be in because now I'll tell you like things that I'm dealing with or things that we're going through as a family. Like that is not anything that I'm about to put out there in the world for people to consume. And I'm only ever going to put those stories out there when we've passed the hurdles, when we've dealt with it, when we've, you know, when it's over for us, because I think that what I did was I was so, I was so good at just like processing all of my emotions and feelings and then putting it out there for people. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time that it wasn't for them, that it was meant for me to figure out what I was feeling and deal with it. And so I, I think that what happened in that writing process of If You Find This Letter is that I really isolated myself in the process. Like I became And I, I, you know, like we hear of writers all the time that are like driven into the woods and like they don't ever come out of the woods. And so I think if I could go back and do that differently, I would have really stuck closer to my community. I would have taken more breaks. I would have trusted God more. And I would have just, I would have had to find a clean separation between myself and that story. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. It's like, makes sense even beyond the words that you're saying to me. So I hope it does to our listeners too. I would say, you know, I share in that journey that when I first started writing and blogging online, it was just like, almost like I was publishing my journals. And I don't think I knew, I didn't realize what I was doing because I didn't really think that people were reading until they were. Right? Yes. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they expect you to always have the doors flung wide open and you're like, hold up. No, I want to close the door. It's like, hold up. I don't, I don't want to process this on the internet anymore. I don't think it's the healthiest thing to process it on the internet anymore. And then until you're like, I'm actually not okay. And then it's really weird for you to be looking in on my not okayness because I need some, some privacy in order to work through what's actually happening to me. My moment of doing that was when I went through my divorce. That was when I shut the doors and was like, I need some space to figure out what's going on. For me, I remember a girl coming up to me at a conference and she said, like, she's like, I'm such a fan of your writing and your blog. And like, this was right after the, like the breakdown had happened. And then I had come through it and I'd come out a much healthier person. And she said to me, though, she was like, you know, like me, I would sit in therapy and my therapist also read your blog. And my therapist said to me one day, like, do you you think Hannah's depressed, right? Like I can tell in her writing that she's depressed. And I was like, hold up, like who is in therapy talking about me and my depression? It was such a wake up call though, of like, I had no idea that like everything I was living in that moment was there for people to consume, whether that was good or bad or ugly, because I I didn't have any other way of processing it. I didn't have a private journal. Like my private journal was my blog. And yeah. 
Yeah. And it's scary to think about it that way. Like you keep using the word consume, which just makes me think how scary it is to think of my life or myself as a product to consume. Mm. And I, I think writing is a tool to help us do exactly the opposite if we know how to use it and wield it in, in a, an appropriate way, but to help us realize that we're, we're not a product to consume, but actually like there's actually like so much life and vitality and wisdom buried deep inside of all of us that, that we can offer to the world, but not really until we metabolize it ourselves. Mm, yes. So anyway, I love this. I love that perspective. That's really good. Okay. So you, now you have a book called come matter here. Are you mm-hmm. working on anything new? Yeah. So my, my third book is actually coming out in January. Oh, amazing. I yeah. So uh, it's called fighting forward. Love it. Okay. So what is the writing process? How does it look different for you now than it used to look with these, these books? Yeah. So, I mean, when I wrote come matter here, I actually would, I kind of did that one through 5am hours and I did similar with fighting forward. So I would get up in the morning at 5am and I would write for a few hours. And when I would hit a stopping point, that was it. I was done for the day and I would leave it be and I would come back to it the next day. And for me, that like just was a much healthier way of life. And I'm sure that I could have dedicated like more time to the writing process, but I wanted that balance more than anything. I wanted that separation. And so that's more so what like my writing processes look like now is that I don't spend all day on these creations. I allot a few hours to it every single day. And that might mean that they take longer to produce, but like for the quality of my life, like I cannot be in my own head all day, every day. It just wouldn't be. It's like, Anne Lamott always says, like, my my head is a neighborhood I don't like to walk alone in at night. Yeah. And I'm like, I get that. I feel that. And so I'm much more in the last few years as I've really gotten, like, very passionate about, like, discipline and habits. I have been able to, like, push past the threshold of, like, waiting for inspiration to show up before I start writing. And, like, mm-hmm. I really have gotten very, like, methodical with my writing. And so it's not like, it's still very much like a creative process, but I'm very much more just kind of like cut and dry about it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. A little less. um, I think I feel similarly that in the beginning when I first started writing, I felt like it was going to be this really glamorous sort of glamorous (laughs) wrong word, but like that you would just feel this wave of inspiration. You'd sit down to the computer and it would just pour out of And now it's just like, no, this is actually a job like any other job. And you just have to sit down and you have to do the best you can do for today. And it's not always like really beautiful writing. (laughs) Sometimes it's absolutely. And then you add in like, like husband babies to the mix, you know, and you're like, okay, I get limited hours and I have got to squeeze the marrow out of these hours. So there is no time to just be like, I don't feel inspired. Or like, for me, it's like, I, I don't, I can't do the, like, I'm going to write at like two in the morning anymore. Like I can't pull yeah. all nighters anymore. Like yeah. it's just not in my system. Like the moment I hit 30, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Totally. Same here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I am such a huge fan of your writing. I love what you write. It's always so hopeful and filled with encouragement and compassion and deep humanity. I feel like that's the mark of a writer who has really, touched into their own humanity and really been through some pain and, and healed through the pain. 
I also love that you teach writers because you've learned so much through your own process with writing and you teach writers to do what you do. So talk a little bit about the, you have at least, I know one program, the summer writing intensive. Yep. Mm -hmm. But do you have a couple different programs that you offer? Yeah. So I have a summer writing intensive and then I have the year of the book that I do every year. So it's like a one, one time class per year. And that's kind of on like setting people up for like the process of book writing, but the summer writing intensive, like that was That was the first thing. That was like my baby. Like, I don't think if you had told me five or six years ago that I was going to teach writing classes, I would have told you like point blank. Nope. (laughs) I have no interest in that whatsoever. And I realized like, so it was a, a company that reached out to me and they asked me to teach a writing course. And I, I agreed to it. I'm not sure why I think I, I was just like, okay, I'll try this out. And like within like 24 hours or something, they had to like double the amount of seats because people were so eager to take this class. And so I showed up at this class and I like felt so alive and on fire talking about my process of writing that I was like, wait a minute, there's something here. Like I have to do something with this. And what I learned through that process of like building writing courses is that for me, it's not so much like I'm not teaching anybody like how to write so much as that I'm setting them up for the discipline, the process of writing. And you could take a lot of these things and you could apply it to other areas in your life, whether that's working out or eating healthy or whatever it is. To me, I'm very much in love with the process of writing and I want other people to fall in love with that too, especially because I feel like, like we were talking about earlier, like people are so in love with the idea of having their name on a book or like people are so in love with like having a following and like, I want people to be in love with like the secret work, the everyday work, like the showing up and like, I am my best when I am writing a book. I am the best person that I can be because I'm so in love with the process. And I want more people to experience that and experience that process. And so that's really what those courses are about. Um, I'm still just as surprised that I release them out into the world. But yeah, like I think for me, it's way more about the discipline and the habits. I love it. I, I would agree with you. I think that, you know, regardless of what it is that draws you to the writing process, that there is so much to gain from being in a regular practice of writing. And what mm, I teach, it's yep. like, regardless of whether you publish or whether this is just for you or whether it's something you share with your family or, or pass down to your kids or, or, you know, you never share any with anyone. Um, there's so much to gain from having that discipline and from sitting down to the page every day, whether it's five minutes or five hours that there, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't have something to gain from that process. Amen. I totally agree. I love that you're teaching this to writers. So you're, I think the intensive is closed for this year. Is that right? Or can people still join? Yeah. So we just closed the doors. So it will okay. open up again next year. And I'm, I'm thinking we're going to do some other things in the midst of that season. But yeah, it is closed for the summer. And you'll do the year of the book again, starting in January? 
Yeah, I'm trying to figure out when to do it this year because I have that book coming out in January. I'm like, you know, it's like you don't want to market too many things at once. Like you are trying to figure out how to hold space for everything. And so we're still trying to figure out when to do the year of the book. So right now I'm just kind of like, I'm focusing more on the book efforts and we'll figure it out. You know, coronavirus threw all of us a curveball. So. Well, I would say moral of the story is everyone should go follow Hannah on Instagram at the very, very least and find your website. HannahBrencher.com. How can they get on their, your email list so that you'll, they'll know when you... you? Yeah. So if you go to HannahBrencher.com, like one of the first things that will pop up is an invitation to what we call the Monday Club. And so every Monday, it is fresh inspiration to encourage you to power through your week. I am big on encouragement. So anything that I write is to encourage people just to keep moving forward. So you can sign up for that right when you get on the website. I love that so much. Any other piece of advice that you would give to writers universally who are listening to this, who, you know, admire you, respect your work, listen to what you do? What would you say to them? I mean, I would just, I think we've touched on it a little bit, but it's worth emphasizing and like repeating that like, the best thing that you can do is just get in the chair and just start writing, even if you don't know like what direction it's going to lead you in. I feel like we're living in such an age of distraction and an age where like we could so easily just like watch other people do the things, yeah. but like it's time for you to like go and do the thing yourself, like, mm-hmm. and to actually be like, living. And so I think, yeah, I would just say like as, as non-romantic and as non-glamorous as it's actually going to be, because you and I have both learned that it's not actually a glamorous process to write, um, to sit down day after day or in whatever small pockets of time that you can find to actually figure out what it is that you have to say. Because I feel like for me, like writing has caused me to be the fullest version of myself. And I, and I want everyone in the world to be able to experience that. Oh, love it. Love it so much. Okay. Last question for you. What is it that keeps you writing? Who? Um, I mean, there's so many things. I don't think it's just one thing for me. I think it's like knowing that like people are still picking up if you find this letter and still picking up come matter here and like lives are being changed because of that. Mm -hmm. Like that definitely keeps me writing is that I think, I think especially too, as I've seen, we've entered into a space where like people are still creating, but I'm also seeing like a lack of creation, you know, as people are just trying to like copy and duplicate each other. And so I stay writing because I want to continue to be original and authentic in what I'm doing. And and I think that you can only put good stuff out into the world if you are getting alone in those secret spaces and you are really just doing the work. Such good words, Hannah. I'm such a huge fan of you. I'm going to put in the show notes um, links to your Instagram and to your website. Is there anything else you want in the show notes for people to be able to easily find? Yeah. I mean, I, I love like the book fighting forward. Um, okay. I can get you for that. And yeah. Yeah. That would be great. We have books coming out at the same time, by the way, I have a book coming out January 12th. I know I have it on my calendar that I'm uh-huh. reading your book like next week. So I'm so excited. I, love it. I can't wait a whole entire book on writing and I'm ready to devour it. I am so pumped. I can't wait. Awesome. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with us. We've had 
Several listeners request your presence. So ask and you shall receive. Here's Hannah Brencher. <laughs> so excited to share this with our audience and um, just really grateful for you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.